If there are things you're passionate about as a solopreneur that you want to achieve, you've got to be all in and you got to lead with your heart. All in and lead with your heart. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. Today on Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with the president and CEO of Potomac Corps, Daniel Veroni. In our discussion, Dan shares how collaboration and innovation offer tremendous opportunity for growth. Stay with us to hear all the details. Dan speaks about the power of community to support growth in an era of extreme uncertainty. In fact, collaboration and support are at the foundation of the Smashing the Plateau community. Our members provide valuable feedback and share their expertise with one another. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll also find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts and answers to your burning questions. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Daniel Veroni. Dan is the author of the groundbreaking new book, Reimagining Industry Growth. He is also founder of Potomac Corps, a strategic consulting firm that specializes in association transformation and industry-focused strategic partnerships. Dan has built a successful career as an association executive, leading organizations with diverse focus from manufacturing to high-tech to finance and advocacy. Dan, welcome to the show. I am thrilled to be here, David. Thank you very much for having me on, on your podcast. Oh, my pleasure, Dan. Tell me a little bit about your career and how your experiences led you to write your book. You know, I've had an absolutely marvelous career, uh, but what's interesting, it's like the, the Beatles song, uh, life is the thing that happened when, you know, you're planning something else. And got out of college and literally had five jobs in four years and couldn't figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And interestingly enough, a friend started talking to me and said, I want to make an introduction to you to something that I think you're really going to enjoy. It was the National Association of Manufacturers. And I joined the organization in April of 1982 for what was a marvelous 23-year career, learning manufacturing literally from the factory floor to the people, to the products. And it was just a magnificent experience. And I worked in what was called the grassroots operation, where I met often with uh, our NAM members. And we facilitated meetings with members of Congress to talk about how we could partner on challenges. So I did that for 23 years and left as a member of the senior management team as a senior vice president. And it was incredibly rewarding managing 54 people and, and working on behalf of manufacturers. Following that, I, I had the opportunity to serve as president and CEO of an association known as Association for Corporate Growth based in the greater Chicago area. Essentially, what it does is it is a networking organization that works with deal makers, the private equity firms, the corporate development executives, and they have excellent content. My role was to help transition it from a standalone to a, a, as an association management company organization, all the way to a standalone association. Following that, I had an 
interesting and incredible opportunity to work with uh, former House Speaker Newt Gingrich. I ran his American Solutions Policy and Advocacy Organization. And it was remarkable. That is where I learned that I had an appetite, uh, actually an unquenchable thirst for writing that I didn't realize that I had. He and I co-authored a a dozen op-eds, I believe, and I wrote a a chapter on small business in one of his best-selling books. Following that, I I did some interim uh, work as a staff executive, but decided I was ready for something different. Uh, It was my wife, my princess, who said, you're ready for something different. Uh, You just don't see it. And uh, I think you need to be a consultant. I think it needs to be about research and strategy. And oh, by the way, I think you need to write a book. Uh, I suggested uh, out loud that uh, she was outside of her mind. Needless to say, the business started within a year after that. And on January 12th of this year, uh, 2022, uh, literally published my first book, uh, which I'm enormously proud of, called Reimagining Industry Growth. Well, first of all, congratulations on publishing your first book. It's really quite a milestone. You're ahead of me because I haven't done that yet. Tell me a little bit more about getting ready for something different. You know, it requires some brute honesty with yourself because it has implications. So for all those folks who are used to getting that regular paycheck every two weeks, uh, it's not going to happen anymore. It's going to be different. You're literally going to be creating your own value proposition, and you're going to have to go out there and hustle on your own. And for a lot of people, it's absolutely frightening. Uh, For me, it was energizing. I felt more energized than I thought I ever would. So much so, David, that when people ask me today if I had to open a consulting practice again, would I do it? And they're shocked with my answer, which is, if I had to do it again, I likely would have done it sooner. I think that is actually true for most people that build consulting businesses that they feel are successful and that they feel are filling their own personal mission. Mm -hmm in a way that a job can never do. No matter how good you are, no matter how high up the ladder you go, no matter how much you get paid, no matter how much recognition you go, when you do it in your own business, it's still very different. You know, what was interesting, I I was blessed to have a career coach, actually an executive coach in the early 90s. And I learned quite a bit from her. Her name was Dr. Harriet Lawrence. And she said to me, you need to identify the things that really energize you and really motivate you. And and Dan, I want to get to the bottom of what gets you out of bed in the morning. And what she found out was, is that I was a city councilman in a community in the Northwest suburbs of Cook County, Illinois, uh, called Palatine. I was a city councilman. And I did that for 21 years, David. And I write in the book, in the acknowledgments of the book, the importance of service and serving others. And it was an important, important motivating factor for me because my dad was a family physician uh, in the New York area. And I actually remember going on house calls with him when doctors still made house calls. And the smile he'd have on the face walking in the door and the fi- smile on his face coming out the door. Or at two o'clock in the morning, I would hear his uh, footsteps and I'd just say, Dad, where are you going? Somebody needs my help. Somebody needs my help. And what a powerful message for a child growing up to see your dad committed to serving other people. And my way to serve was to be a city councilman. 
And everybody says, was this about politics? Well, it's about service. One of the things I absolutely cared about, David, was fire, paramedic, and police response times. Uh, And I worked hard with all my colleagues and the staff to get them to less than five minutes. And the reason why is because it was the difference between life and death. It was the difference between life and death and quality of life in a community. And along with that, we created a neighborhood-based police system. It was a system by which that the police officers bonded with all the neighborhoods, the neighborhood leaders. They knew their comings and goings, and the police and the community were in it together. They were in it together, and it meant the world to me. And I loved every minute of that. And I also thrived on attracting businesses to come into the community because I meant that meant that we could stabilize the local property taxes and give people opportunities to shop locally. So that meant everything to me, but it was all about service. And you know, the interesting thing about that, David, this has come right back to the consulting business. I had a citizen's advisory council. I had a citizen's advisory council of 55 people. And I leaned on them heavily throughout the year. It was, so what should I know? Is there something I should be doing better? Is there, am I doing something wrong here? Am I missing anything? And they would get presentations on the budget before it was presented to the rest of the community. And I'd get all kinds of guidance all throughout the year. So here's how it carried over to the consulting business. I wanted to serve David in a community that I absolutely love, which is the trade association and association community. I had 27 years working with a group of people that absolutely loved to serve. After the Great Recession, the whole business model, the value proposition, especially for trade associations, had changed. They had to think of something new and different. So what I did through my business is I built a research-based methodology that helped associations, especially the trade associations, align with the challenges and outcomes their industries were looking to achieve. But here's what else I did. I built a CEO group. It's not a citizen's advisory council, but it's a strategic guidance lab. There are 55 people in it. We've been meeting virtually. We've got our first in-person meeting on April 19th, and I can't wait to see everybody in person. It's going to be a blast. And uh, we've been meeting virtually. We've been using pulse surveys to get a sense of how everybody's doing, what's going on. And my entire consulting practice has been built around service. And from that service, what is the value deliverable? And it's really been around listening, being empathetic, and building a customized value proposition for every potential client that wanted to work with my team and I. It was always about the people on the other end of the conversation, never about us, never about me. And I absolutely enjoy it. I was just at a trade show last week with a client, uh, the Helicopter uh, Association. They represent the global helicopter industry. And oh, by the way, one of their mission sets is air ambulance, which is pretty awesome, by the way, because they get the people in need to where they need to get in a timely basis, which really saves a lot of lives. So it's energizing, not most days, but every day. And I get to talk to people who are engaged and involved with communities looking to make a difference. And in a time of chronic uncertainty, period of time in all of our lives that we've never seen before, but we will likely see for the rest of our lives, chronic uncertainty. 
Dan, one of the things that I that I've heard as a a through line in everything that you've mentioned about your career, both in uh, in paid roles and in volunteer roles, in addition to the service component, is a collaborative set of efforts, which you know obviously very much ties into your book because your book is all about how to create strategic partnerships, how to leverage strategic partnerships. Can you speak a little bit about why that's so important? You know, interestingly enough, David, you know, we, here in this, here in the United States, we live in a country that I think that we're trained to think is individuals. And, and to a degree, I, th- I really think that's fine. But for the executives coming out of business school, they're taught to think as individual executives and they, and they move into silos. And those silos are about the company and what the company needs to do. In a world that is increasingly more integrated from one market to another, there are two key elements that can help achieve success. their collaboration and their innovation. The innovation is not going to happen without the collaboration. So in my book, why I was excited to write the book is that strategic partnerships, strategic partnerships. And I want to talk about one in particular. Uh, One of my idols is a person by the name of Howard Schultz, the founder of Starbucks, the former chairman and CEO. I saw him as the ultimate, the consummate collaborator. And from that collaboration came innovation. So an example of this is he created this mindset in his company, David, that Everybody, everybody was was part of the whole, and they were all going to cross the finish line together. Frappuccino came out of one of the Starbucks stores in Southern California. So he created a culture of collaboration that led to innovation, and good for him, but he did something in addition to that. His focus was not around the coffee necessarily. It was around creating a third place between work and home. So in my book, in the five case studies, the industries looked to build partnerships with trade associations that reflected their values and the outcomes they wanted to achieve. But they were looking for that third place between work and home. And they found those in those relationships. Their supply chains are fully engaged. The companies don't look at challenges or outcomes as companies. They look at, at them from an industry perspective. And from that, they're able to grow and thrive. And what's interesting to me, uh, in this day and age, where we talk a lot about politics and a lot about polarization, do you know that almost, I think all, as a matter of fact, I'm going to just say it out loud, all five of these industries are thriving regardless of the party in power. And it comes from the collaboration that leads to the innovation. They're constantly building relationships. They're looking to achieve the greatest good as an industry not the greatest good as a company. This is a rising tide that lifts all boats strategy. I'm enormously energized about it. I'm enormously proud of it because it absolutely works. If one part of the world is engaged in military conflict and it's inflecting, uh, rather affecting all other parts of the world, as we're seeing now in food and and energy prices, we've got to come together and, and think of solutions. We've got to come together and think of solutions. And, you know, what's interesting is everybody's saying, well, you know, we should reshore supply chains, we should nearshore, so on, so on, and so forth. Well, guess what, David? 
I'm not convinced that can happen on a company by company basis. I am convinced it can happen on an industry by industry basis by building these institutional frameworks, these strategic partnerships that bring everybody together through their respective trade associations, and they talk about the things that they're going to need. And and what I mean by that is, how can you think of reshoring without knowing firsthand the level of skilled workers that you're going to need? And then what part of the country you're going to go to? And then you're going to need relationships to get in the door. And the way to get in the door is by building a public-private partnership. And that can happen through your trade association. David, we must go into a, a mindset, a framework that says it is going to be about the things that we all do together. And no, we're not going to agree on everything, but guess what? That's okay. Let's find the things that we absolutely agree about. And that's what each of these five industries are doing. They're navigating their way forward. They're changing the game and they're making a difference. I understand how how powerful collaboration and innovation are together, particularly when you're talking about doing this on an industry-by-industry basis and with large companies. How do the same principles of strategic partnerships help high-achieving professionals build successful solo consulting businesses? So if you want to, so success for me was about being durable. You didn't want to be a one-year wonder, right? And, and I think that all too often, if, if you're worried about winning the next client or the next two or three clients, you're going about it the wrong way. What you're looking to do So in my book, I talk about ecosystems, David. I talk about ecosystems. And I'm waiting. So you haven't asked me, but I'm going to assume you asked me this question. Dan, tell me about your ecosystem. Tell me what that looks like and how that works. Dan, tell me about your ecosystem. (laughs) Great question. So interestingly enough, it starts with the 55 people in my strategic guidance lab. They absolutely matter to me. They're individually and collectively far smarter than I am. And I'm thankful every day for that. I learn things from them. We share ideas with one another. We share knowledge with one another. And from that, we grow and evolve together. But what I've done is, is I've built a collaborative that says that we are all in this together and it will be our own rising tide that lifts our boats consistently. I don't even charge a fee to be in the group. And I have people saying, you must be out of your mind. And then I just say, no, I'm not. The value to me is that I'm, I'm learning from this, but I'm building relationships, long-term relationships that absolutely matter. I get calls all the time, sometimes late at night, of people needing to talk to somebody. And they know that whatever they say to me never gets past me. So the long-term relationship, building a value that's about other people and serving others. I've built what is a specific niche. It's a niche around strategic partnerships. Those strategic partnerships are intended to add more than incremental value to the overall economy because once I facilitate an industry trade association relationship, I'm now seeing growth happen. I'm seeing growth happen. And where there's growth, there's jobs. And where there's jobs, there's economic growth. That absolutely means the world to me. If there are things you're passionate about as a solopreneur that you want to achieve, you've got to be all in and you got to lead with your heart. 
all in and lead with your heart. And I highly recommend anybody listening to this podcast to read Howard Schultz's book, Pour Your Heart Into It. Because once you read that, you'll be close to fully aligned with what you need to do as a solopreneur. So in his book, Howard Schultz says, vision is what they call it when others can't see what you see. When you're looking to start a business and go out on your own, you've got to have a vision that at that point in time, nobody sees what you see and not be afraid of it, but be thinking of building out your ecosystem. Your ecosystem must be a community. You and that community must be fully aligned on the things that must be achieved and that you're going to do it together. And then come up with products and service that you can adapt to whatever the outcome is of your client base. Always make it about the community. Always make it about your client base and lead with your heart. Dan, that was beautiful. What's in the future for you? Great question because I absolutely love what I do. I get joy every day. And when people say, do you work a lot? Yeah, I'd say all the time. And they say, well, why is that? Because I love what I do. I had it. I got texts from clients yesterday. And it was great because I just saw these clients last week. These are people on a client board. I mean, they're full of passion and, and energy. And oh my God, I wanted to answer it. So what comes next for me? I want to keep doing what I'm doing, but I think I'm probably going to write a second book, David. Uh, I've been bitten by the bug. I'm not quite sure what it's going to be, but for now, I'm spending this year getting the word out about the book, trying to get as many speaking opportunities as I can to share the word and spread the message. Uh, Next week, I'll be uh, in uh, Jacksonville, Florida with a building products industry uh, trade association uh, with a couple of hundred of their members spreading the gospel of strategic partnership and how they can all win together and looking for as many of those as I can get my hands on. Well, Dan, congratulations again on getting the book out. It's definitely a a visionary message. It resonates with me. I'm sure it'll resonate with folks in our audience. Is there anything else you'd like to mention before we close out? No, nothing other than uh, for those of you looking, looking to do something, build a community, lead with your heart, be committed to serving with others, make it about your community, make it about your prospective client base. That's it. Thank you. Dan, if somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've talked about, um, get a copy of your book, access any other resources you may have, where is the best place for them to go? Great. So you can go to our website at Potomac Core, uh, P-O-T, P-O-T-O-M-A-C-C-O-R-E.com, Potomac as in Potomac River. We're here in the greater Washington, D.C. area, potomacore.com. And you can order the book uh, from our website, or you can go directly to amazon.com and reimagining industry growth, and it'll come up. You can get it at Barnes and Noble or Books a Million as well. Or you can go to, for those of you still going to Barnes and Noble in person, uh, you can go in and, and pick up a copy there as well. And uh, my email is dan at, at potomacore or team at potomacore.com. One of us. We'll see your email and we'll respond. We're happy to connect and answer any questions. Great. Um, Dan, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau. My guest has been the president and CEO of Potomac Corps, the association consulting, Dan Veroni. Thank you again, Dan, for joining us. You're welcome. It's been my pleasure. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, 
You'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. On today's episode, Dan speaks about the power of community to support growth in an era of extreme uncertainty. In fact, collaboration and support are at the foundation of the Smashing the Plateau community. Our members provide valuable feedback and share their expertise with one another. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll also find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts, and answers to your burning questions. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.